Hello, my name is Sam Smith, and this is Map of the Maze podcast from Pep Talks, in which I'll be exploring a business theme related specifically to private equity banks and entrepreneurial companies. So here we are this evening, pre our Midlands Pep Talk at uh, Hampton Manor, lovely Hampton Manor, in this really interesting panelled uh, walled room overlooking the kitchen. This is our, our first podcast with, uh, with Brian Stringer, who's our special guest and one of our founding members of Pep Talks this evening. And in this first section, uh, we're just going to talk about Brian's experience of executing mm-hmm. exits yeah. and buyouts. They sort of go together, really, yeah. don't they? Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if you're selling to private equity. And you, um, Brian, a CEO, previous CEO of, um, of Savia Tech, built the business from about 100 million in revenue, you and your team to four, 500 million in revenue, up to 60 million of EBITDA, uh, four transactions, Alchemy, Montague, Warburg, Pincus, and Onyx. Onyx yeah. So up the value chain of private equity, yeah. up the yeah. ladder. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe just uh, give it, give us the benefit of your experience. You know, mm. a lot, our listeners will be CEOs in private equity-backed companies, our members, and... Um, rest of the community and you know how do you uh, how do you how do you perfect the art of selling well there's two or three things I think that uh, you learn as you go uh, through the process I, I think the first thing is when you sell a business uh, like Survitech which is a relatively complex business uh, service product uh, two different divisions with defense and marine plus um, plus a whole host of different activities around the world and, and yeah, the product it has applications in different areas from leisure through to uh, oil and gas, energy, um, say defense, pure marine, etc. etc. So, one of the things that um, one of the things you learn is actually uh, to simplify the story and make sure the story is uh, before you start the whole process, make sure the story has got some clarity. So, the benefit of me doing it twice is actually having done it the first time and run into some bear pits with um, with different guys that we were talking to in terms of some of the parts of the process you can modify it the second time around and use that learning mm-hmm. so uh, that, that's the first thing the second thing is um, uh, in terms of the process I think uh, everyone underestimates the, the, the time it takes and the effort that needs to be put in uh, to actually get the transaction done and make sure there's certainty of transaction uh, so I think that's the second thing. The third thing is then you have a multiple of uh, advisors and people that are actually uh, you know, doing different due diligence or trying to help either you know, the, the buying side, the selling side, or the management that's sitting in the middle. So actually, in terms of lawyers, you have three sets of lawyers, which is never a great thing to have in any, uh, any process. So, so the process always takes longer. It's always more complicated. Um, um, but actually... Uh, the, the, the benefit of doing an acquisition, or oh, sorry, doing a sale at, at a business like Survitech is you, you have to understand the whole business and you have to understand every single number and you have to understand um, you know, how the business is operating. So you get to shine the light in some corners that you probably wouldn't do if you were a, if you were a, you know, a company that was owned by a corporate. Mm. Um, and you do it on a regular basis. You get to question every part of the strategy, uh, you know, not just as a strategic review for the board, but really... Uh, because you've got to sell that strategy, you get to really think about you know, is, the, is the strategy really correct? Are we driving in the right areas? Are we doing too much? Are we not doing enough in some areas? So that process is really quite neat to put a cold towel across your head and say, you know, is what we're doing absolutely right? And, and if it is, it's sellable. And then, then you're up into the process. Yeah. Did you, um, as you went from Warburgs to Onyx, 
and, and prior to that, Montague to Warburgs, did you have a, a view of the firms that you wanted to sell to? Were there some that you wanted to sell to, some you didn't really want to sell to? I, I think um, initially no. So again, if you take both of those two processes, we started with a fireside chat, which um, you know, both people that was, were acting as the selling agents, which was Rothschilds and uh, Goldman's, uh, would start out by saying, you know, we, we've got some fireside chats for some of the guys that are probably going to be a leading PE houses, uh, and there's like seven or eight of them. There always ends up being 15 because they get like, you know, mugged into doing more. Mm. Um, so, uh, so you start with the fireside chats, you then get into the process and you start doing management presentations. And, and I think at that stage, you, you start to get an understanding of, you know, who are the guys that are really serious, who are the guys that you really get a good relationship with, um, who are the guys that you really like to work with you get the opportunity obviously to ask them an awful lot of questions as well so it's not a one way process so you, you get you kind of start to, to hone your views that says and, and you kind of hope that you know of the ten that are in the second round that the, the, the two that you really like are actually in the final two but like um, which doesn't always happen but the um, uh, so as we go through the process I think you get a fairly good view of you know the ones that you'd like to work with and the ones that you'd be more reticent to, to work with mm-hmm. especially if there's a mixture of you know, PE houses in there and uh, and corporates uh, uh, which again act very very differently in terms of the process mm-hmm. uh, and again I think we were very very lucky in terms of uh, hopefully um, whether it's luck or whether we guided it this way, I'm not sure, but I think we were very lucky in that in both processes, that the final, certainly the final two that we had, the first process we were happy with, with both of them in terms of Warburg and the other guys that were uh, into the last two. So that was great news for us. Uh, and in the second process, we had Onyx, uh, who we really, really liked. We'd liked from day one, uh, good rapport, good chemistry, really seemed to work well. Uh, and, and another uh, group that were, were in the last two that we you know, would have been fine, but actually were our second choice. And, and through both processes, came up with, with partners that ultimately were uh, excellent for the uh, for the business and for management. So mm-hmm. Warburg's and Onyx uh, and uh, Montague before did a really good job. Real great supporters of the business, great supporters of, uh, man- of the management team, and you know, did really well. What about, um, you mentioned trade, so you would have had trade very interested mm. in probably all of those transactions. Yeah. But yet for you as a management team, you probably didn't really want to go to trade yet because you had this 10 year plan and you were only halfway through yeah. the cycle and you knew there was loads more, lots more value you could you could get out of the business with yeah. PE. Were you ever left, were you ever in a situation where you thought, actually there's a real danger here, we're gonna be bought by trade and that's not I, really what we want. I, I think it's, um, and again, having done this numerous times before, the uh, I think it's, it's an interesting conundrum because you're kind of sitting there with a, a trade buyer that usually can pay more than the PE house um, under the right circumstances because they usually have some synergies and that synergy quite often can be you. So actually that's um, one of the things at the back of your mind but you have to kind of clear your views to say what's what's the right thing for the business. The um, So the, the, the corporate guys uh, and a, a corporate owner has a different um, different feel to it and can, can be more or less attractive. I think um, I think that's one of the keys in terms of when you sell the business and when you actually uh, set up the with the PE house, you set up the management plan 
and the management incentive schemes and the management uh, equity and sweet equity mm. is getting that right then so that actually come and exit if it's bought by a corporate then yeah, you'll do again. You do the right thing for the company, not sit there thinking, "Well, actually, it's not good for me to go to uh, corporate. I want to uh, another PE round." So, how can we guide it in that direction? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first time round, the, the corporate guys, because Survitec was very much smaller. I think the uh, revenue at the time we sold to uh, Warburg uh, from Warburg was about you know, two hundred and sixty million. Um, and so we were probably, uh, sorry, from uh, Montague uh, to Warburg, we were probably too small for corporate guys. The second time round, there was a few that were interested. I think the uh, the interesting time for Survitec when Onyx come to, to exit in the next three or four years or two or three years, whenever it happens to be, is I think they'll have you know, optionality. I think there'll be corporates uh, that will really, really be interested in the business. I think um, there'll be other PE houses that have um, a business uh, that they can bolt it onto as well, so there'll be some good synergies with that, uh, and there'll be obviously the opportunity to IPO if that you know that option is there as well. So I think the next exit for Survitec looks really interesting, and again, you know, the management team uh, will look to actually you know, deliver that to, to the right to the right owners again. Mm. Both of your exits took quite a long time, didn't they? Mm, yeah, one of them. I, I think you're saying took. Eight ten months. The, the first one, um, which was twenty ten, took um, ten months to actually do the uh, the exit. So, and, and before the exit, you got a couple of months of due diligence, the vendor due diligence you're putting together as well. So again, the whole process was probably a year. Um, why was it a year? Well, you remember that two thousand and eight was the famous crash. Yeah. Um, the uh, no businesses were probably sold out of um, through that uh, period. Uh, so Survitec was the first business to be sold out of the post the crash. So there was there was no real understanding of what the new multiples were going to be. There was no real understanding of what banking multiples were going to be. So we we had to put together a banking syndicate um, to actually make sure that the the, the funding because yeah, the, the debt markets have been shut, haven't they? The, the, absolutely. So. You know, debt markets have been shut, and then when you go to the debt markets, well, what's the what's the new multiple of debt uh, um, that we can actually we can actually get together? Um, which banks are actually open? So, yeah, we we had to put together say a consortium of banks into uh, into uh, this process, so that any particular um, uh, guy that came along or any particular bidder, we could say, well, you know, there's there's the banking, and the banking is X times multiple, so now. It's, you're, you're just having to bid what you're going to put in in terms of equity uh, as a PE house. So, so because of that, it actually took an awful long time. And then, uh, then of course, coming out of uh, coming out of that problem time. Although, Survitec is a very very resilient business. Um, uh, it, it, when when the economy is booming, it doesn't boom. But when it's you know, trashing, it doesn't trash either. Still need these yeah. products. Absolutely, it's, you, you still need to save lives, whether actually uh, you know the, the economy is doing well or not. So that's great, great resilient business. But yeah, everyone was a bit wary because you know two years of banking being shut or eighteen months of banking being shut and problematic businesses. Um, yeah, everyone wanted to do. Everyone wanted to do more due diligence and more looks. Uh, so it took an awful long time. And, mm. and how, again, do you, how do you keep the business going? Because that's the da- greatest danger, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you and your, your, you and as the CEO and your top team must have been pretty heavily distracted by that yeah. process. And but at the same time, the business needs to keep kicking out its numbers Absolutely. every month because nothing kills the process quicker than <laughs> yeah, sliding your numbers, yeah. Yeah. which uh, again. Both processes we never did, and uh, and and again we sat down with the management team day uh, day one and said, look, we're going to have to divide and conquer. If um, 
I've got to front the exit, so I'm not going to be able to spend you know all the time that I have been doing the uh, doing the day job. So, mm-hmm. you know, the the COO uh, Cyril has to step up and do uh, do more of that and have a lighter touch in terms of the uh, exit. So we actually made sure that you know there was a process in place that could manage both and keep the business running. And predominantly, we tried to make sure that the business wasn't actually uh, was hardly aware that we were going through a sale process. I remember when we sold. Um, the Belfast Telegraphs put out an article saying yeah, the, the, the Survitec has been sold and it's been sold to uh, XYZ and the guys in uh, Dunmurray in Belfast said well like Jesus n- nobody told us this is uh, so keeping it away from the business is like you know as best as you can is, is the best thing you can do but yeah, that top team with and with any business especially PE owned ones the team is lean there's not a lot of uh, fat around and there's not a lot of extra capacity uh, all of a sudden is, is like stretched every which way so it's um, hence why it's better if it can actually be done in a really short period of time because yeah. that, you know, that just makes life it doesn't always work easier. that way though does it you know, there no, are examples where it just takes yeah. you want it to be done and dusted in 8-10 weeks but yeah. few are uh, exactly and, and again if you take Survitec we um, Survitec is a great asset um, was was uh, everyone was it's looking made everybody's at the money, hasn't it? Uh, absolutely, and and everyone was looking at it. So every time it came to market, there was you know so many people wanting to to have a look and bid. Um, you know, the the management presentations. Well, as I said earlier, we uh, fireside chats. We probably ended up doing fifteen. We probably ended up doing you know, somewhere in the region of ten or twelve management presentations. And uh, we uh, we then went down to six, and then we went down to f- to four, and then we went down to two, and like, yeah. and it just it just can take an awful lot of time and effort, and before you know where you are, it, it's like stretched out another month, and and you think to yourself like, you know, this is this is never going to happen. It's like, uh, so again, our advisors were constantly talking about you know getting getting the three things right, making sure the EBITDA doesn't come off, making sure the business performance is there understanding the chemistry with whoever's whoever's going to buy you to make sure you get the right chemistry and the right people that you're buying and and thirdly to actually make sure there's certainty if 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 you kind of get those two right then the certainty of a sale go the probability goes up and certainty is actually really important in a process because if you if you kind of at the start of the process you're all excited it's it's fantastic and I'm going to sell the business and it's going to be it's going to be just a great uh, process you then get deal fatigue, especially if the deal is stretching out. Um, the further you get in, if you've got some certainty, then again, it gives the management team a boost to be able to say, let's just, just crack keep on going. and keep going another month because mm-hmm. it's going to happen, it's just time. So let's just keep going and do whatever. But so segment the business and try and keep it away from the, uh, the core of the business. The more people that get dragged in, the more chance there is that the numbers will come off. And that, as you quite rightly say, is it kills the deal or kills the number. And then the selling PE house gets jittery and it's like the whole thing starts to get nervous then. So push the accelerator. Beating budget is always a good thing in a process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Brian. And if you want to listen to more of Brian's experience in our next podcast, we talk about um, the M&A story, the buy and build story with, with Survitech, which is fascinating. Anyway, we better, we better go and join our guest. That sounds like a great idea. So. You can download our podcast series from all the usual podcast places. Or do go and subscribe to the show. We'll be back with another interview next month. But for now, goodbye and thank you for listening.